0: Welcome to Be Transformed with your host, Reverend Christopher Lesper. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12-2 men's ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12-2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512 238 000. That's 238-Double O Double or Romans-122.org. Romans-the number one number two letters TWO.org. Now, here's Christopher.
1: Well, welcome back. This is Reverend Christopher Leshper, Romans 122 Men's Ministry. Joined by Isaac Cormier for our third episode here, Ike to Isaac. This is the Be Transformed show where we are about stories of transformation. We're about how Christ has moved in our lives in order to truly transform us. As Romans 12 two speaks directly to, to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we will know God's will for our lives, which is good and perfect and pleasing. I'm honored to be joined here again by Isaac Cormier, but before he was Isaac, Proverbs 3, man, Cormier, there's a story behind Ike. There's a story behind his wounds, his traumas, his challenges in his life, and, and his coming to his truest self. There's a story behind our false selves, our old selves, and and how that has to become something new. There's a story, a testimony behind... When we come to Christ, we have this spiritual transformation that happens in an instant. That's something that we cannot earn. It's by grace and mercy. It's by God's empowerment alone and faith in Christ alone. And yet there's this process that has to go about, this process of becoming, this sanctification, this, this moving into our truest self, our true calling and who we are. Isaac, would you bring that story forward?
2: Yes, thank you, Christopher. Um, yeah, Ike to Isaac, um, man, it was. That's a story I just want to start with by saying, my my true surrender and submission was July twenty second, two thousand seventeen. You see, that's that's when I put that spiritual stake in the ground, and and today I could say I'm two thousand eighty one days sober from porn and alcohol. Amen. Glory to God. See, I was born January 3rd, 1976. I was the first grand uh, grandson born into the family. Uh, and I didn't, and to really go here, I didn't know my biological father.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You see, my mom was pregnant near the end of the, her senior year in high school and dropped out of school to be with this man. And then shortly after, they, they separated in that summer. So the timing didn't add up for Robert Isaac Cormier to be my father, which is the man that stepped in to be with my mother. And that's where I got my name, Isaac Cormier. Amen. So through my childhood and my elementary school years, I was in the uh, Golden Triangle area in Texas, which mainly in a town called Vider. And I had some trauma there just within the school uh, district that I've uh, recently learned to go back and and deal with these traumas through renewing the mind after putting that spiritual stake in the ground. Yes. So one of the stories is having was during uh, lunchtime, and I was having to pick up beans that I threw on the ground under the table because I didn't like them. But I I was told I had to pick them up, put them on the tray, and carry them back to class. Then I was told to sit in the hallway and eat them all before I could get back to class. Mm -hmm. I remember the laughter and the humiliation by someone in authority, which Mm -hmm. was a woman, Mm -hmm. and all the other kids. Also being told uh, in second grade, after writing a poem, I thought I did such a great job that I didn't use the right rules in writing that poem, so it wasn't good. It really hurt me in just articulating my words and form. I just wanted to just quit and not write anything at all. So during the art class, I put some bad words on an art project just to act out. And uh, the the support I got from home for acting out was just basically physical abuse. Uh, The old cliche of go get me a switch so I could get spanked with or, you know, or just mainly belts. Uh, but by the age of eight, I was exposed to Playboy. Mind you, this is eight years old, Playboy. Then at nine, I had a older friend in the neighborhood who was about four years older than me. He was 13. He attempted to tell me and show me what masturbation was. Uh, I didn't understand at the time when I was with him. So one night I was taking a bath and Robert Cormier, my name dad, walked in and saw me. And he said, what are you doing, boy? And just walked out. See, I was scared, not sure how to face him. And I should say everyone, because when I finally got the courage to walk out of the bathroom, there was my dad, my mom, her brother, my grandfather, and his brother, Uncle Johnny. All I remember was the shame and humiliation from the jokes that were being thrown at me by the so-called authority figures in my life. Shortly after, that's when Uncle Johnny began uh, the sexual abuse from age 9 to 12. Remember, he said, always lock doors, keep everything a secret. No one could ever know.
1: Wow. Brother, I'm so sorry those things happened to you. And my goodness, what look at the time frame right you mentioned being 47 you and i are the same age and and now we're looking back you mentioned a spiritual stake in 2017 that's just a few years ago now a handful of years ago yet coming into adulthood maturity at that time we last episode talked about being saved in high school which you haven't gotten to just yet but just in a reflection moment here a pause of uh looking back as to why we are digging into these uh, these traumatic events. These are very f- formational events in your life, painful events. Yeah. And for us, many of us walking around and living in this uh, Judeo-Christian world, we, we tend to move past it and just say well that's in the past and 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 C- Christ has covered it with his blood and that is true and and he is uh, oh, we've overcome that he's given us the ability to to move past these things and that's all true we, we argue for a both and concept here that we have to then go back into the this temple that is the body uh, the, the, this body that is the temple of the holy spirit where we go back in and and heal these wounds and try to discover why are we acting and responding to stimuli as we are? And we mentioned Pure Desire's work, Pure Desire Ministries, Dr. Roberts in particular, of diving into the limbic brain and the formation therein, which is by age five or six, our limbic brain our emotional brain is fully formed. And here you've covered up in into that time frame. Now, one of the questions is, how many choices did you make, free will choices did you make, for these things to have happened to you
2: for these things to happen i don't think i had the free will or the choices to make there
1: it, arguably it was not a choice that you made a sin that you committed that led you into these wounding arenas right these these predators that you know, as you as you when we got to our pause here the, the predator the uncle that That abused you. You didn't make any choices. You didn't set anything up for that to happen to you. That happened to you. And then you, you as you move into your further testimony here in a moment. I, again, I just wanted to pause and say, if this is resonating with anyone out there in the audience, please reach out to us. reach out to a safe person, someone a confidant. It doesn't have to be us, but man, we five one two two three eight double double twenty four seven line. you can leave a voicemail, you can send a text, but please reach out. Romans twelve two is a community here whether a, with a vision that 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 understands that we are as Dr. Roberts has said when we we are wounded in community so community can be family it's one on one it could be with uh, but it's it's community we're wounded yet we need community to heal and drawing into the vision of Romans 12:2 is to heal families and society through the transforming of the minds of men into the mind of Christ through a community through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven and and that's what you've been a part of especially these last five years diving in and I i know i'm fast forwarding but again wanted to drive in that point of your childhood and all the awful things that happened just trying to even empathize with your own self back then right isaac or ike Little eight-year-old Ike, little nine to twelve-year-old Ike, little uh, five, six-year-old Ike that was in part of this uh, these these challenges within the family. So we left off at that abusive uh, uncle, and in a the, the process as you've reflected on the, in retrospect here of going back through and 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 moving into healing works like forgiveness of those who truly don't deserve forgiveness, as it were. Uh, understanding that we as, as, as Christians don't deserve the freedom and the forgiveness that we've received either so being able to pull those things together but if you would pick back up where we left off
2: yeah thank you Christopher yeah so there um, I recall my mom separating from Robert Cormier when I was 10 and that's when uh, my stepdad Bobby Gans started the relationship with my mother So it was the summer after sixth grade, we were living in an apartment in Beaumont and my step, stepdad, uh, found a sex novel in my room. And mind you, it wasn't because he was just going in there and asking to be in the room. It was because he was destroying my room due to the, to having some issues with my mother. You see, he broke everything I had, such as little league trophies, a Nintendo bed was flipped over, dressers were thrown across the room. But eventually I told him the sex novel was given to me by my Uncle Johnny. He was finally exposed. So my stepdad had some family in Elkhart, Texas. We moved there uh, for my 7th and 8th grade years. You see, life changed because of the different environment, but the wounds and the trauma were deep. Step got, got in some trouble during the time we were there and went to jail. When he got out, he talked to a cousin that was living in Fort Worth. And he told him that we should move there because he could find work. So we did. You see, I met a good friend during the time in Elkhart, and we stayed in touch while I was in Fort Worth. So this is where you, we meet Ike. Okay. Okay. This is where I finally found a community when I started playing football, as you shared. Yeah. And I felt like that was something I could do, that I could get out of the world that I was in, mm. that I could follow that dream to be in that community, to get out of the life I was in. So I could no longer be that weak person, Isaac. Mm. I had to put on a new person, and I see. that was Ike. And the things. Just because the things that happened to me, I felt and or let those things happen to me that couldn't happen anymore mm. so my time there, I was making good grades a's and B's I was focused on football all the way to the ninth through the eleventh grade. also had a part- time job after school and on the weekends, mm. but the abuse and the and the things uh my stepdaughter stepdad and my mother were going through um, I don't want to share all those images that I had but that after that 11th grade year I had such a really good year I had a growth spurt I had a, I was playing both ways on the team and I was doing well and I was starting to get letters from colleges and and my mother came up to me and she said around that time frame after that 11th grade football season that she wanted to leave and to plant this, give you this image, I've seen this abuse and seen the trauma that was being inflicted. But it's when I saw ironing board print on my mom's back from a hot iron. It, it gave me a, a, a willingness inside to step up as I just turned 17 to say, yes, we could all leave. But, Mom, there's one thing. If you get back with him, because it's happened before your son's going to be gone because I was 17 at the time. So we did leave. Um, but to share, it was it felt so quick that he was back in the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to tell you all that friend that I kept in touch with in Elkhart, I reached out to him and his mom and family said I could come stay with them my senior year. Mm-hmm. So I left and moved to Elkhart my senior year. So now I'm 17, I'm on my own, so to speak. And, uh, and just to share, I made a vow, knowing that now I made a vow, if I can't love my mom or respect my mom, how would I ever do that with other women? Yeah. So now I'm on my own at 17 in Elkhart. But this is when I met two... I could tell you, will be one of my life long friends as long as I'm on this earth. I could call them anytime, any, 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 Chad and Ronnie. These guys kept pouring in about this Jesus guy. <laughs> 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 and uh, and man, you got to, as you heard some of my upbringing, I didn't have a lot of that growing up. But I was seeing something. The Lord was giving me something in my heart. And I believe that all of us have that in our hearts when we're born because He knows us he, as we're knitting in the womb. But they kept speaking. They kept speaking it to me, and I was seeing it in their and their mother and father and the, how their family and their upbringing was, They how they were loving Jesus. Um, so as I was going through finishing up my senior year, I did finally go to Higher Payne to play football. Um, got a ride up there, and I didn't – know that you had to respond back to all the letters I was getting. I thought Mm -hmm. the recruits would uh, come to me and bring me to these colleges. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you had to seek after it. I didn't have that counsel. Remind you, I was out on my own at 17. Um, So, But Howard Payne, one of the coaches came and told me to come, so I went. But I was only there probably four days. It felt like I didn't – something drew me back. I was feeling – That love and I was able to go back to Elkhart and spend some time there, which uh, after I turned 19, Ronnie and I took a trip to New Hampshire, and that's where I'd be saved. The things that happened on that trip I couldn't explain, like there was all kinds of different roadblocks and things. But then it just all of a sudden he reached out to his family, started praying. We were going to leave as soon as we got there because stuff was going. Reached out of the family prayed in this thing's it was it was amazing. It was one of those ah moments, the ones that, that Dr. Roberts will say, if you go back and see those moments, there are moments where you can't explain these things. Amen. That's right. And, and it was a beautiful moment for me in that time frame. And as we got back, I was so excited. I was filled, you know, I was just like, Oh, I gotta go tell my mother, I gotta go tell this and mm-hmm. I was warned to go down there. And that's before I knew about all this spiritual forces and this and that. I was just right. wanting to share the good news. Yes, sir. And uh, getting there, the stepdad was no longer in a picture. I believe he was in trouble with jail. but so she had a boyfriend, and I was sharing, and he goes, you can't tell me what's in my heart. Mm. So apparently he has accepted Christ in his heart, but he wasn't living in the way of the sanctification process, but he shared that. So right. I was like, "Right." oh, and being young, young, that, and then when I get back, I also have a couple other brothers I was digging about because you know, as you're reading through that Bible, you're going to be held accountable for what you read. Mm. So I kind of kept that, just kind of closed that Bible, and I was like, hmm. okay, I don't want the responsibility there. So that's led me into going back into some Ike ways there. Um, I started bootlegging. My buddy Chad was going to Long Morris. It's a dry county. So I was in Palestine. I would go uh, get liquor from a liquor store by womanizing a woman. Mm. And then going up and selling alcohol, I was thinking I was some kind of entrepreneur. I was just, man, I was just, it went from so high to back so quickly to just survive mode and doing whatever I wanted to or whenever I wanted to just because some of the wounds that said, this is where I'm from. This is who you are. You, you have to do these things to survive. Yeah. And that was such a time. There's a lot more stories and backgrounds, but I want to stick to them. You, so thank you.
1: This is outstanding. I just wanted to interject here in the, in the, what you're talking about is this is what I felt like I needed to do because this is where I'm from. And, and way to, way to describe that is narrative, right? Thought process. Look, look at the various agreements that are in your story, right? The, the, uh, once again, the wounds are there, the traumas are there, and then it becomes the lies that the enemy inserts in there that we start to believe. And we believe lies about God. We believe the lies about the nature of God, how it works, and, and how God works, and how we work, and lies about the nature of ourselves. And these are the things that dominate the landscape. And, and yet there's this need for community, this need to be wanted and to be able, have a belonging. And if, again, these resonate with you. Please reach out to this community. Reach out to a community. Uh, once again, Romans 12.2 says, Men's ministry here, that's why we're doing these things. Isaac has opened up his journal. He's being very raw and transparent so that you can find healing, so that you can find community, so that you can find belonging, and you can uh, dismantle and demolish the lies of the enemy. So as you're moving in now into further adulthood, and you've got some confidence, you've got some community, for the last uh, few minutes here, can you get us to a landing spot here and we we could pick back up on another episode, but in these last few minutes here, tell us a little bit about how that transition into that spiritual stake in the ground, July 22nd, 2017.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah. Once again, just so much to unpack and get through and, and yeah, it was uh, abusing God's grace and uh, there's so much in there between that, 22 years of doing that from 19 to that stake in the ground at 41 22 years there's a lot of stories of entitlement uh, pride uh, I deserve these things justifying actions I mean just I'm not doing a certain act so it's not really cheating I mean but it was that moment of that spiritual stake in the ground when I wanted to step forward because I was being told that you need to leave. And I was like, no. And, and then the Lord put me on that Matthew 528 that really pierced my heart and said, if you ever looked at a woman lustfully with her in your heart, you have committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Man, that just that hit me so hard where I had to just really started to get on my knees and truly break down those prides and the denial structures and, and, and really reach out and say, Lord, you're, you're my only hope. Amen. And, and knowing that I'm on the pathway and and knowing I'm not truly in control, I had to break those down just to break down and get on my knees to know that the very world around me was crumbling Mm. because I had that house, I had the car, I had the status. You could see the outside was looking, oh, as a worldview, it looked so great, but on the inside, the pain levels, as Dr. Roberts said, that, pain levels on the outside Mm. started to reach the pain levels on the inside. Mm. And mind you, I just turned 41. Right. And... I mean, I got this beautiful quote that as, as we go through our curriculums and things and we do research. Alice Little wrote, as traumatized children, we always dreamed of someone would come and save us. I dreamed so much. I mean, I had I had the alter alter ego of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, you know, all these characters out here, we look for these heroes in these moments. Amen. And then to finish that quote, she says, we never dreamed it would in fact be ourselves as adults look at that it hit me so hard just mm. to, to go back in those moments and that jesus could go back in those moments because he's been there with us yes since we've been born amen and that's some of the work i've done up to this point after that spiritual stake in the ground
1: man that's beautiful and thank you for bringing that quote because it's back to that both and right like we can't save ourselves and you know that we know that i think those that are listening know that to some degree but do we really believe that are our actions lining up with that and oftentimes in this very individualistic society especially in the belt buckle of the bible belt here in texas that we are all about ourselves and making sure that we buck up and we can make this happen and and even in in the in christian world we tend to focus more on what our responsibility almost only in, in in neglect community neglect reaching out and sharing these things and that's not what you're doing you're you're you're, you're showing in your story a movement from Isaac to then Ike finding belonging finding identity and into Isaac Proverbs 3 man as you moved into that spiritual stake at the at the young age as you as you and I both talked about into our late 30s into early 40s that we now have become more of a a man a godly man versus a boy in a man suit who is wearing a t-shirt and a cap and see we need to get beyond that and find at the, at the root of the various actions that we, that we may be taking, they may be manifesting themselves, uh, medicating pain as addictions to sex or alcohol or pornography or or working too much or eating too much or these various things. But at the end of the day, we're medicating pain, and at the at the bottom of it, as Dr. Roberts from Pure Desire Ministry says, is an intimacy and attachment disorder. And see, hopefully, what you're. Gleaning from our stories, as again, we're opening up our journals and we're sharing our background, is that if there's any sort of intersection or alignment, that it, it should hopefully empower you, inspire you, encourage you to reach out and get help because it's a process of becoming. It's a process of becoming like Christ, it's a process of moving forward and in, in transforming from glory to glory, as St. Paul writes. So thank you, Isaac, once again for joining us here. We'll pick back up, Lord willing, next episode and dive more into the Pops culture. We'll continue to sprinkle in part of our testimonies to share and hopefully align with how your life has been up until this point, And that you hopefully will know that there is hope that there is freedom for the captives, that you don't have to remain so, that you can be truly transformed, that you can put off an old self that has been dragging you down and become something new. And we'd like to help you with that process. So once again, please reach out to us, Romans 12, 2. And thank you again, Isaac, for your courage and and, and boldness to glorify God through your story.
0: Amen?
2: Amen. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Be Transformed with Reverend Christopher Leshberg. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 122 Men's Ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-000 or Romans-122.org. That's Romans-the number one number two letters TWO